What's up, guys? It's Eddie Laughlin, co-founder of Shotgun House Coffee Roasters, and you're listening to Building Something Out of Nothing, a small business podcast right here in San Antonio. Today's guest is San Antonio artist Cruz Ortiz. We sat down at his Southside studio and talked about his punk rock roots and early days in the industry, the creation and evolution of his signature style, his foray into teaching, landing big-time career opportunities, and how he went from painting illegal murals with friends to representing some of the country's premier brands, companies, and politicians, including a 2020 presidential candidate. Enjoy. All right, so I'm sitting here with famed Cruz Ortiz, artist here in San Antonio. Uh, anybody that's been in San Antonio or even remotely in the Texas uh, art scene in the past 10, 15 years knows who this guy is. Uh, we're sitting here at what was formerly Snakehawk Press, uh, his studio and gallery, that's now subsequently turned into Burnt Nepal, sitting over here in their office. Probably gonna take a look at the, the studio here in a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, I wanna really, say thank you for having me out here and coming on the podcast. I think people are really going to love this. Well, I am excited. This is going to be fun. Let's rock and roll. So we're we're sitting over here at the studio. Just real quick, I was wondering kind of what was the motivation behind this studio, and then it was eventually converted, like we said, to Burnt Nepal, but did it kind of benefit your creative process? You said because you kind of got to do larger projects and more commercial projects and things like that. You didn't have to worry necessarily about money, so you could focus on just like your personal creative process. Well, it, there's, I mean, there's a huge story behind a lot of stuff, but for the most part, I had been, already been creating work for some time and I was a teacher for 15 years of craziness. And I think uh, it was just a big shift in my life at that point. Um, and then that's when I met my wife and then we were like game planning, literally like, what are we gonna do? Like, right. what, let's make some moves and uh, so we decided to look for a big property and we found this train station um, on the south side and I immediately knew, like, I, I had some requirements. Like, I wanted a, you know, a nice space to where I can have my house, I can have a studio space but then also office and then just a yeah. big yard, big parking area. Just And so um, we were super, you know, fortunate to find it and uh, to find out that it was a train station was even more cooler. But And so as soon as we did that, it was just immediate, like, I knew that I needed more space, you know, after right. doing lots of museum stuff. And I also really was interested in, you know, doing something I always thought would be my retirement, which is just being a little fijito in a shop making business cards, you know. So you always kind of had that idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was trained as a printmaker, but even at UTSA, a lot of the printmaking was very, uh, like the fine arts of, of the printmaking practice, which I totally love. Um, but at the time, and even now, still, I think uh, the commercial art printing practice was much more my thing. Definitely. And so um, I've been collecting letterpress items uh, for some years, and this was the perfect spot. I was like, man, I want to do a letterpress you know, shop. It literally started off as that. Snakehawk Press was just... And that was back know, there? In yeah, the that was back there in the, in the back shop where... I just wanted to make punk rock posters Let's and go. you know I peeked my head in there, it's pretty cool. <laughs> oh yeah, it's pretty pretty wild back there. So and that's how it started. It, it was just and you know, I wanted to do like kind of based on the, the hat show print, you know, model, but then also the tradition Mexican printmaking of the yeah. Diar Grafico Popular in, in Mexico. So I wanted that, you know, combo of, you know, just making prints for people. Cool. And it ended up being something completely different. Right. Never and, and same, you know, uh, essence of it. But um, that's what Absolute Vodka came to me and yep. said, you know, they wanted me to represent the entire state of Texas on their bottle. That's crazy, man. Which was really bizarre because as an artist, I was like, man, I don't want to do that. Like, right, sure. But as a printmaker, I had been trained. I mean, in college, they tell you, you know, you're essentially going to be someone, you know, who works with other artists. Yeah. And it was more about collaboration. And I think that had always been a big important part of my work as, as working in communities from the get-go, that collaboration was always probably one of my main um, methods of making work. And Definitely. so it, it made sense, it felt great, uh, and it was a huge honor. Oh, it's crazy. Because I was in line with you know, a bunch of other you know, contemporary 
great uh, to be able to do that. So that's exactly essentially bought the property, you know, and we immediately, you know, Olivia was like, uh, if they're wanting that, there's probably other people. There's got to well. be other people. And then once you can put that kind yeah. of in your portfolio, then everybody oh, comes around. It's like the best first client. Oh, it's huge. <laughs> That's crazy. So we were like, all right, perfect. Well, let's make, let's, let's do something. Let's do, let's make Sankar Press, not just like a letterpress, but let's open it up for like graphic design and just, yeah. and then, you know, it's snowballed, literally snowballed. We, I, I got to meet uh, a very amazing person, uh, Afdel uh, Aziz, where he was just a huge instrumental, you know, person. And one of the biggest things I tell people to read, one of the books is uh, Good is the New Cool. Okay. And I totally tell, you know, ask, let people know that, you know, you need to read this book and it changed my life. Wow. In the sense that I had always been working communities, but for the first time I could say, you know what, I can make a business, be a part of the business community and still do good yeah. and not, you know, worry about the weird stuff, you know, that, and so that's what we did. And we tried our best to, you know, Snakehawk Press became, we actually did lots of graphic design. Our first two years were nonprofits, like wow. over 75% of our clients were nonprofits. And I had worked in the nonprofit world and I knew that they needed graphic design because they yeah. had horrible brochures, a threefold. Oh yeah, we've things. all seen them. Gross, like, and so we helped lots of nonprofits develop, you know, a design package or just, helping them, you know, come up with a better, you know, approach to community uh, and fundraising. So that was tremendous. Like we wanted that to happen. And at the same time, you know, we had our own retail. And so we knew that there was a gap in the Latino market. There was nothing catering to that market, which was yeah. huge. I mean, for example, like we tell this to people all the time, like Latinos are the biggest users of Instagram. And so there was really? a lot of, not a lot of companies doing that. I mean, there were some, Hispanic advertising, you sure. know, that worked with big stuff, but it was more traditional, like Ballet Flacorico, Coca-Cola, you know what I mean? Right. And those campaigns were amazing and groundbreaking, but I need, we needed something different. And so uh, that's when we started doing that. And then, of course, other companies started just pouring in. And it was great. I think, you know, it was a great model that we came up with that, you know, along with being influenced by others to make sure that we provided good design yeah and I mean like not just visually but it was coming from a place of goodness to a community that you know it was being neglected as far as you know being able to engage in that media and you know the consumption of good stuff so absolutely it was really exciting I think we had such a blast and because of Snakehawk Press we immediately just blew up like we or nationwide, we were it's the crazy. retail and we were shipping all over the world. Like, yeah, that's got to feel. Awesome. <laughs> it was really cool because like, how would all these people know? About I know it was yeah. just bizarre. Like our, you know, just our social media strategies and understanding how to reach people uh, became even more like how to convert likes to like retail money and that whole business part was not anything I was expecting. And that's something you kind of just have to learn along the way. You yeah. might, do you learn that stuff when you're in getting your BA of Fine oh, no. Arts? They don't oh, teach you that stuff? No. No. I was, yeah, <laughs> like you gotta figure out all that along no, the way. No, the BFA, like it was great. I mean, it was more practice oriented type of, you know, instruction. You know, some theory, not a lot, but for the most part, practical, practicum, right. no, not at all. And I think, you know, my wife, you know, Olivia actually had some retail background, so she was able to like help in. But then we had lots of help. We knew that, you know, as teachers, we could, you know, figure it out. Let's Absolutely. do something. We understood people. We understood, you know, the basics of that stuff, of, of service, customer service kind of approach. And so it was kind of cool. Like we, you know, in a creative sense, you know, it was these two teachers that decided to make something cool. And yeah. Uh, and it ended up catching on fire. We, again, did not shy away from political, you know. Oh yeah, we want to definitely talk about yeah. some of that stuff. That's cool. And so we, you know, a lot of companies like, dude, you shouldn't be doing that. Who cares? Well, why man? not? That's punk rock. Dude. Yeah, I do what we want. Like, it was, in fact, I was always in the in the office. We'd always say, we do what we want. Like, we just do what we want. We just jump in, and it is. It comes from that punk rock DIY yeah. foundation that I was raised in. So it just made perfect sense. So. Uh, so you have graphic designers here on staff. Yeah. All of your production is done here at the back studio. So if, if somebody orders something, it's made here and you ship it out from here and the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. So everything we do is hand drawn, uh, whether, you know, I draw it 
and then, uh, or it gets transferred to a woodcut and we literally gouge out the design. That's awesome. And then of course, you know, I'll print that one design after we cut it out or set it on the letterpress and then we'll run like 10 prints and then we'll let that dry for a day and then, you know, vector that into the computer and then we make the whole matchup. And one of our graphic designers, who was really young, she comes in and she's like, Cruz, you know, um, there's a filter yeah, for that. You don't have to do it this way. <laughs> for three days of what you did, like, there's a filter, like, you can just hit the button. Yeah. I'm like, I know there is. That's, yeah. that's why I'm doing this yeah. for three days. It's and more meaningful. Well, it's, it's, and I hate this word because it's tossed around so much, but it's, there's an authenticity yeah. to, to that kind of work. And I can tell when it's a filter or not. And I can tell, like, even, what's interesting now, like, a lot of design that's being done now, I, I can tell, like, now you can buy, like, thousand fonts, letterpress. Yeah. And, and I can all tell, like, those are pretty pathetic. Like, yeah. Like, I can tell when a graphic designer just pulled them off. Does that like, annoy you as an artist when you totally. know, know it's kind of being mass-produced, but, like, the layman doesn't know the difference instead yeah. of buying it? Like, that would have to annoy you as an artist. <laughs> right, and I think that that's what we're hoping. And a lot of our clients know the difference. I will tell you that. Like, cool. We have some big clients that they're like, we can tell. Okay. And that's why we're hiring you. So that's what ma it makes a difference to oh totally to and they, people that matter. Yeah. I mean, those, those big clients come. You know, they're that's like an eighty member team. Yeah, dude. That's who crazy. knows what they're talking about? And so they come to us for a specific. So reason. you get validation from that. You totally. say, you know, we're doing it the right way because right. yeah, these yeah. people are paying attention, and that's right. cool. And uh, so I, I, I mean, that's you know, Saint Cloud Press was tremendous. We learned a lot. We screwed up so much. I mean, yeah. I can't tell you how many times we fucked up. <laughs> And I, you know, and that's the beauty of, you know, life is failure. And I tell that to everyone. And, you know, we've, I can't even tell you how many times, like, you know, just running the business, understanding all that. We had no idea. Yeah. We're still paying for stuff, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to figure out yeah, how to seriously. do stuff. Um, which, you know, which essentially, you know, how Burton and Bob came. Like, we were just like, you know, we noticed that a lot of other designers were starting to make work that was similar to ours and we're like well this is getting flooded like the market started getting flooded with the you know a lot of the stickers and all that stuff that yeah. is being done now and like you see a lot of the spanglish now being used a lot and so we're like well like olivia says i want to be like madonna there you go like create the trend dump it yeah let everybody else follow yeah dump it go get something new yeah and, and it's a brilliant i mean it's hard to do. It, well, it is hard to do. And I think that's one of the things about how we work so well together is that we understand uh, creativity in a way that I think definitely Madonna is one of our big influences, yeah. which is that's hilarious. Awesome. Now, yeah. I don't think a lot of people would even know that. No. <laughs> but, uh, but, but Madonna is a huge influence on us. Uh, you know, creativity and, and contemporary art, you know, really understand that method of working and that's Burton Obal we I mean that's our whole tagline is thoughtful design you know influenced by contemporary art that's cool and so with that you're able to like really produce quality works absolutely man um well, yeah I want to back up and talk a little bit about your origins as an artist kind of the evolution uh living in San Antonio all that stuff and uh yeah so you were born in 1972 here in San Antonio born and raised here correct totally wrong that's not right? <laughs> That's not right at all. I was born in 1972 on the same day that Elton John uh, uh, recorded the song Daniel. Okay. It's kind of a weird part of myself, but uh, knowing that bit of her. But I was actually born in Houston, Texas. Okay, there we go. I was born in Houston, Texas, um, and my parents were missionary workers, so they were always moving around in the state of Texas. And we lived in El Paso for a little bit. I actually went to El Paso High School for eighth and ninth grade. Oh, wow. Um, and then, um, and also we lived in New Mexico uh, where my parents worked with uh, these crazy Jesuit priests. Okay. You know, trying to help save the world in Juarez and El yeah. Paso. So, and then eventually we moved to San Antonio um, where I went to Samuel Clemens High School. There you go. Uh, and, which was a huge shock. I, I tell everyone that you know, everything happens for a reason kind of thing and just how people are raised, you know, you, there, there's reasons behind that and to help understand that, as far as my work, it's pretty interesting that, you know, I went to the school, Samuel Clemens, literally I felt like there was like five brown people there. Right. And I was raised with, you know, a lot of like country, country folk, 
and it was the best. Like I, <laughs> if it wasn't for Simon Clements, I would have never, you know, in, you know, fell in love with George Strait, and yeah. I got to see him at the Blue Bonnet Palace. That's like, awesome, man. Like all those things helped me, and then of course, but because I was brown, I, you know, was marginalized easily sure. into different groups, and the punk rock community was the one that accepted me. That's cool. And it was, you know, those punk rock, you know, white kids who were making zines, and we were smoking cigarettes in the bathroom and drinking coffee at gyms, awesome. making zines, and that's the group that it made sense to me again where we talked about politics we talked about the fact that i was brown and going to the country school and that we fucking hated it all but we were still yeah. there and yeah the music made sense i started listening to black flag you know uh ian mckay and you know minor threat and of course you know i gravitated towards the ridiculous wailing of Morrissey and how that made sense to me. Just the mid nineties? When was this? It was uh, 87, 88. Ooh, yeah, dude. That's I'm awesome, a, dude. I'm an old man. <laughs> no, that's, that's But it was story. fun. Like, I think those punk rock saved my life. Yeah. I mean, it really did. And I think it helped set, you know, the, the entire feel of how, how I looked at the world and how I wanted to give back and how I wanted to resist, how I wanted to you know, create. So it was great. I think for that reason, I just, it just, you know, helped me out so much at those formative years. Yeah. And then of course I graduated. And yeah. As soon as I graduated, I worked construction for like three years. And that was another educational experience because for the first time I got to see like the effects of, you know, the construction plantations of, you know, the neighborhoods in Santerra and Dominion. I got yeah. to see like how the interaction with the wealthy and the working class just really freaked me out. It's like, really interesting, yeah. It was great. It, it was, I mean, I have so many amazing stories on that. That, But those, I mean, those were some of the best interactions I ever had. Yeah. You know, working from 7 a.m. to 9 o'clock in the evening every day in the hot sun on a roof or just... I've done it, yeah. It's I've just the best. There, like it's it, cool. And I think, you know, those are all the things that help. And of course, after that, I, I was at Taco Land and a buddy of mine was on tour with a band called Glorium. And they were with another band called El Santo. Okay. And uh, the drummer for El Santo and him became really good friends Dope. on this, uh, you know, West Coast tour or something. And he said, dude, you need to meet this guy. He's really funny. He's, he talks about what you want to do, like paint murals. Yeah. At that time, I, I'd sort of practicing art. I never took art class because uh, I figured I could draw. Anyway. But you kind of recognized a skill that you had. Yeah, and then I ended up taking welding for four years in okay. high school, and I was That's an cool. FFA. Yeah. Um, I didn't take any art classes. Like, I took one, it was so boring. I was like, God, this is the worst. Was class. it like a history of art, or was it just No, like it was like art one. It was so embarrassing. Everything I made was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew like I wanted to be creative um, and so it's funny and I also actually wanted to be in business classes like I remember but uh, the counselors didn't let me they were like well I don't think that's really good for you really and it was kind of one of those when the white counselor looks at the brown boy yeah that's kind of offensive yeah yeah and so she put me in small engines like and I was like what which is a class to teach sure. you how to learn how to fix lawnmowers right so I took the class and it was all Mexican um, and you know African American kids and I was like, well, so they were the they were fuck. trying to they were putting you in a box a little yeah, bit, yeah, totally. And I was like, there was no way to like fight that. I made more friends, you know, and it was the best. I I, I didn't learn how to fix a lawnmower, but instead <laughs> that next semester I was like, can I be in welding? Can you at least give me that? Yeah. So I was in welding for four years. I. While everyone was welding, you know, headache racks and bumpers and, and barbecue pits, I was making art. Like, I was literally welding, That's cool. you know, sculpture. Fabricating. Sculpture. Yeah, and kids were like, what the fuck are you doing, Cruz? And, you know, and at that time, everyone did dip. Like, yeah. we're all dipping. And and I was like, I'm making art jerks. <laughs> and it was just funny. And I was in FFA. A lot of people don't know that as well. Yeah. Like, I had a, a pig. That's, that's where the dip came from. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah, I, I, that, you know, those experiences helped me so much, I think. And so, yeah, it was, it was a blast. Like, I think all that stuff was super formative, you know, and helping so me. eventually you went to UTSA. Right. 
to get your BA in fine arts and with the, the specifics in printmaking? Right. So all these things happen at the same time. Like okay. I, you know, after that show at Tacoland, I well actually my friend goes, hey, you need it. We're coming back. This the last show is at Tacoland. You need you to meet this friend. His name is Manny. And so I remember them getting out of the vans and they were stomped like crap and they did the punk rock show and I met Manny Castillo and we immediately hit it off like, I, like I've known this guy all wow. my life. okay. And we ended up being roommates and we essentially, me and the drummer to Gloriam, Juan Ramos, we all hung out together and with another crazy roommate, Carlos Fernandez. And we started a mural program on the west side, um, along at, at Inner City Development, uh, had, who had been there for a long time already, uh, with Patty Radel and Rod, and, um, and so we started. We had no idea what we were doing in the punk rock fashion that we did. We wanted to make pretty art in the ghetto. That's cool. And so we did that for a couple of years. At the same time, I started UTSA. Did you have to have permits and stuff to do that? Or did Dude, you just... it's the West Side. No. So it was like, we don't need it. Almost. You just did it. Yeah. <laughs> no, we did what we want. Remember, it's we, we it was do it yourself. And we were 22. I was 20, yeah, 21, you don't, 22. You don't get permits at 22. Oh, fuck. We were just doing whatever we wanted. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. We started a newspaper, you know, a Damn. little neighborhood newspaper. We had a mural project. and. Uh, it just took off, like that took off. I was going to school at SAC, and I never wanted to leave there because that was like my second home. And yeah. I uh, got to meet a lot of other artists there. I, I just, everything happened so fast, like at the, when I think about those days, because I was young, super young, 22, didn't care, didn't have a care in the world. Yeah. You know, still doing shows at Taco Lance. And then I, you know, I, I, I didn't, I always wanted to be in a band, so that's how I learned printmaking was I was starting to do flyers for the bands. Oh, seriously? Okay. And so then that's when I got into screen printing and then I taught myself how to do all so, that. So it was just teaching yourself? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, you, when I got to, when I finally got to UTSA, I was like, I really want to do screen printing. They're like, oh no, we just do lithography and you know, Intaglio. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, so then I had to bring my own shit over there and, wow. and figure it out myself. And that's dope. So yeah, it was, it was such a fun time, but I know with uh, with Manny, and then he passed, and then we kept the project going. Manny was huge influence in, in just how I saw the world. Like he, you know, really opened my eyes to like being inclusive to other people, to yeah. to understanding what community meant and what it meant means to give back and how creativity could save that world. Uh, at that time, when we're at Inner City. I mean, there were, it was right in the middle of the gang warfare. Yeah, so the club, Crips and Bloods were everywhere. It's crazy. That was I mean, happening here? In San Antonio, like, we lost so many children mm. uh, those years. And we actually did a mural for that in, on the west side that's still there. Okay. That has all the names of the gun violence victims. Wow. Which is more apparent, you know, today. You know, where even back then, like, gun violence is just, it's always been Absolutely. an issue. So, yeah, I, I think about those days a lot. And... It, it really laid down the groundwork for what I'm doing today. Just understanding that everything I do, it's with the community, you know, uh, in the back of my mind. So huge influence. It was amazing. I think after that, UTSA, um, I just took it on. Like I just said, okay, I want to do art now. And that's when I really started to focus on art and not so much community stuff, but really focusing on how I could, as an individual, uh, be able to make work that had a profound impact uh, on the world uh, and that's when I really dug into research yeah. to what it meant to become a, you know understand the issues facing the contemporary art world definitely um, and that's when things started to pick up you know that's when you know I was showing my work I no one came everyone I have young artists that come to me like hey Cruz how did you get your first show and right like, right I didn't even think about like how yeah. to do that. I just literally went to Talkland or the light. I went to my first show was at a public library on the west side, and I was like, "Hey, can I hang up my art?" Yeah. Like sure, and I made a poster for it. I, you know, my mom and dad came, and wow. that was pretty much it. Yep, yep, that's how it is. <laughs> but that's you know, it was do it yourself. So again. you were putting yourself out there, yeah. finding these avenues where you could get some sort of exposure earlier. Yeah, and it was just you know understanding. At that time, you know, 
I didn't know what it was, but I went to all the parties. Yeah. Well, that was essentially networking. There's networking, like, dude. Networking. Absolutely. In that and, world, absolutely. And it was great. I think, you know, I got to meet other artists. We ended up helping grow together. And, you know, it's at that time when I was just, you know, really doing more research. I mean, I tell people all the time at that age, like I was doing so much research. I was always at the Trinity Library because that library was amazing. I would yeah, sneak in because cool, I couldn't get in. And uh, I just really got to dig into those books there at Trinity and, and then just working. Yeah. I mean, I've always been that kind of workaholic. Yeah. Here's the hard work. Man, I would, I would draw, I still do today, draw and paint every day. So just create. Day. You're just creating something. Making nonstop. Just, and just not even caring about what I made. Like, just be able to like hit the canvas, hit, hit the plywood or hit the paper and just make things. And in those early days, so you graduated in 2000 uh, with your BA, Fine Arts, printmaking. Um, were you able to support yourself financially as an artist in those early days? What were some of those earliest projects? I know you did like the two tacos, the San Antonio Museum of Art. Right. You, you did some art paste stuff. Um, yeah, we'll just talk so a little bit about that. So the strategy for that was that I knew that I wanted to be an artist from you know five years old. Uh, so I had to make sure that everything I did was art integrated in a sense. So uh, those early years, I would actually work for the city San Antonio, they had like these little programs with South Coast Craft Center um, where you taught kids, even at Inner City. Uh, at Inner City at the time, it was free room and board for 15 hours of volunteer service. Okay. And I was just doing art class, you know? Yeah. And so I, I made sure that I was in the art field a lot. And because community was a big thing to me, it was an easy thing. Yeah. Um, I ended up becoming a teacher. I got my degree first. At, UTSA and then I went back for teacher certification okay and then that's when I became a teacher and I was teaching at Healy Murphy which was a an amazing experience and again all these little things you know uh, made a huge impact on how I see and do work uh, and Healy Murphy was just amazing like these little amazing crazy Irish nuns you know taking the taking the time and the effort to like educate kids yeah. and, um, and then of course I Started at Lee High School, Robert E. Lee High School, home of the, the volunteers, yeah, which man. was hilarious. Yeah. But um, and that 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 was really interesting. Like I think I, I started off and I and I really loved teaching there. But it was at that time when the art world started to come in heavy on me, uh, where people were starting to recognize what I was doing. Right. That's when the museum stuff started to happen. When. Uh, I started getting in bigger shows at, at Blue Star, and, That's and cool. then Houston would invite me to do some stuff in some so galleries. So some pretty serious kind of art museums and stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I know. That, your work has always been kind of playful and kind of punk rock, <laughs> but then like you were getting some requests from these big time. Did that intimidate you at all? You know, it, just... it, 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 it did at the time. I remember me and my friends, there, there was so many amazing artists that I was working with at the time. And, I remember one of them saying, man, I just want to show at the Blue Star, man. Yeah. And then I'll know I make it. Yeah. And then I that, remember, that was the big place. Kind yeah, of and I remember you. feeling that way as well. And, you know, did that. And then, you know, things just start keep rolling in. And I was making more work on a substantial manner where I gave time. I, you know, I had the teaching job. But at the same time, that, that was really, I think I slowed down. It's kind of interesting. And when I think about it now, like, Teaching really did slow me down. Right. Uh, I had a, started a family. All that stuff happens for a reason. Like the, the teaching really took an interesting toll on how I was making work. And then it was just becoming more demanding. I was missing a lot from work where, you know, I had to be in different cities, you know, traveling and shipping off work. It's or, hard, hard to balance that. It was That's really difficult. It was, yeah. and I remember like, talking to my principals they're like no Cruz you're fine man no, we're really happy that you're here so they wanted you there oh yeah they, and I was like yeah. are you sure you don't yeah. want to just fire me <laughs> yeah you'd be doing me a favor yeah, you'd be doing <laughs> and it was really neat and I and I understood like on that level like that was really an honorable thing for yeah them to be telling that, that's me. cool man and I was really like taken back by that and I, I I you know I was able to really work a lot with the children there at the schools and just you know because they were also looking at what I was doing and so it was kind of like that practice and that, you know, master, you know, versus the student, uh, the pupil. Mm -hmm. And so it was, that was a really interesting thing. And I think it helped me on a different level 
from doing the groundwork, community work of painting murals on the west side with prostitutes right. and gang dudes, and right. to like being in a situation where I was in a classroom, you know, and I knew that those things were somehow connected, so I was able to really, you know, do my work in that sense. But at the same time, I just, uh, there was things happening with the art world, you know, that's right. when- um, you want to be involved in- yeah. yeah, then Art Pace came along, and that was enormous, where- So that was a residency. That was a residency, yeah. uh, where they came uh, to pick me, uh, Victor Zamudio Taylor, uh, which is an amazing curator of Mexico City. And, you know, I was alongside with Daniel Joseph Martinez, who was, you know, a huge role model in my work, and Boyan Skarsevich, where he was another artist who was doing, you know, work that was meaningful. Right. And that, that's when really things just took off. Like yeah. Our pace was designed for that. Like when Linda Pace had that amazing concept of, you know, incubation, you know, laboratory type of, Definitely. you know, opportunity, uh, that's when things really started to take off. And then, you know, I was just shipping work every month, you know, off to different galleries, to different shows. Uh, so trying to promote yourself in that way, like self No, I was getting were, called into different shows. So like, they wanted you to do that yeah, I did my best to try to like reach out to people, like to galleries and stuff, but I couldn't even keep up, you know. So honestly, you didn't even necessarily need to do that. I didn't, honestly. And I was very fortunate, and I think, you know, I was very grateful for that. And it just kept, it kept me busy. So it was just, <laughs> like you said, it was kind of just snowballing, and then you it got the art pace, and then all these other museums. And at this point, did you have, because now when anybody sees a Cruz Ortiz print, right. you know what that is. From a mile away, that's, that's Cruz yeah. Ortiz. Uh, I don't know if that's something you're going for, but it's definitely the case in a lot of ways. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I remember my painting instructor at UTSA, she was like, you know, I, I know you use lots of text in your work, but right. you should probably, like, do some other stuff. Just to, I was like, what? Well, what's wrong with the writing type? Like, I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I understood her point. I didn't know that now, like, she was doing her job. But, yeah, I think uh, that just came. Like, I, I was really influenced by uh, lots of different things, you know, I, you know, again, I was a printmaker, so a lot of that came from that, or just the history of print. Right. Jose Guadalupe Posada was an enormous, you know, uh, influence on my work. Joseph Boys at the time. And so those two artists really helped me understand what text meant into works. Well, that, those kind of block cut letters that you do and uh, specific aesthetic, was that something like the same thing you were doing 10, 15 years ago? And it's kind of it, evolved it's, and it's, it is today? It's, yeah, similar? it's definitely evolved. I think... Uh, it started off as just writing, and then I was like more interested in the shape and yeah. the the essence of each letter being different. It's cool, um, yeah. Uh, being hand done, it's a DIY part of it. Um, yeah, it's it's taking years, years to do that, and it's really funny now because we've actually have to do litigation, yeah, <laughs> litigation with lots of other folks where yeah. you know it starts to like literally come really close and so I mean it's protected work and so I literally and that's one of those lessons you learn as an artist did you not have to protect stage, it earlier you have to learn how to protect your work yeah and, and to really like um, be an advocate for defining what I've worked so hard for you know yeah. And so yeah it gets in, that gets a little icky but we we do our best to you know lock that down pretty quick um but yeah, it's it's it has been a long process to get to that look. To that so, specific aesthetic, yeah. You know, when you see you know tacos or something like, and it's written in that font. Yeah. Uh, you, you definitely know it's it's a cruiser. You piece. definitely know. So and is that what you're going for? Do you like having that kind of brand recognition almost? I do. I, I I it's something that I really think a lot about. I it's funny, but I really think about letters, like the idea of no, it's letter. awesome, yeah. <laughs> I think it's cool. But yeah, it, it's it's always been a, a big part of my work. And of course, you know, just the integration of music, lyrics, uh, the Tex-Mex, the, I always tell people, you know, Morrissey, Johnny Cash, and Vicente Fernandez were all talking about the same thing. Yeah. That they were all in love, they were pathetic, but they still love her. Right, yeah. And so those things always make sense in the form of putting down as text. And so if that's the case, I had to make the text more of a visual presence. Right. So that's why, you know, those are, those works are so important. 
So you were doing some local exhibits, some installations throughout Texas, and your, your name was getting out there more. It was kind of snowballing effect, like you said. Uh, and then you started to receive some more national and international attention. 2004, you had solo work featured at the Louvre in Paris, uh, probably one of, if not the most famous museum in, in yeah. the world. Uh, Got to be pretty cool. Then just a year later, you were featured at the Limerick, in Limerick, Ireland. Um, how did those opportunities <laughs> like that start to come about? And what did Well, that, they're what did pretty funny. Like? like, you know, the way I say it now, like the way I always think about how I've always told people, like, it was literally like a phone call. But really, you know, as I get older and start to figure out things, like, you know, it, it was really just, you know, a culmination of, of the work that I was putting into it. Like I, at the time and even now, like I really put so much effort and work and hard work into making these these paintings and these, you know, art pieces. So like for the Louvre, uh, which is Emilio Taylor, who's an, who's an amazing curator. And I remember him calling me, he's like, Cruz, I'm in Mexico City Marathon right now. And he literally, like, running, like, oh, hey, Victor, what's up? <laughs> this dude was crazy. And I had, he's amazing. Everyone should definitely read his, his, his articles and books that he's done. They really foretell and map where we're at today, I think, even more so. But um, he calls me up, and he's running in the marathon. And he's like, hey, Cruz, uh, I'm texting you the FedEx number. Uh, you're in a show at the Louvre. I need you to... Box up your work right now and, yeah. and hurry up. I'm like, what the? Fuck? Like, what? What do you mean, the Louvre? Yeah, say it Yes, the Louvre, Cruz, the Louvre. The one in Paris. The one. The big one. Yeah. Get your shit together right now, pack it up in a crate, and then I they're coming over right now to pick it up. It, they're I need it by tomorrow. Oh my God, I hung up the phone, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, at that time, I didn't even have my passport. Right. And I was like, all right, yeah, <laughs> so duh. I literally packed up the work and it went to Louvre and it was hung and it was all part of this show on on mixing and uh, it was a they were pulling artworks from their exhibition that showed interactions with different cultures and so my work was part of that and crazy, so man. oh my god as soon as that and it it felt like it didn't even happen like because yeah. you know you, it's one of those things like I was really it's like an out of at that time I was really young yeah. like I didn't get to see it so. I was like, wow, did that happen? But yeah, it really did happen, and it was up for a while, and it was a huge experience. And then Limerick, um, uh, Dan Cameron, who's another uh, was a great curator, um, called me up, and he was like, hey, you know, I need you to get on the plane. At that time, I, did, I actually, at that point, I was hiring assistants to help me in the studio, and I didn't even have my, I was in school. I was, I remember I was in class. He's like, I need you to, here's the FedEx number. I need you to ship this to Ireland right now. You're in this show. Can you come hang it? Uh, uh, probably not, man. No, but I'm gonna send someone because I you don't want to say no. You gotta you say, say yes. yes. Yeah, you gotta say yes. So yeah, I gotta cover, but it's not gonna be me. I'm gonna right. send someone. He goes, okay, great. Whatever you do, hurry up. I'm sending you plane tickets right now. Damn. And so literally, I call my assistant. She's like, uh, yeah, I got a passport. Uh, <laughs> later, and she, of course, she had a That's blast. That's crazy. So you just sent your. I sent my assistant. Yeah. She was there for like a week or so, and. You know, sending me photos. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, dude. Why didn't you, Why didn't you go? You just couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, plus I had work. You know, I already. It's hard to get away for a week. It was hard to get away yeah. for a week. So that's crazy, though. So, but yeah, but I, you know, again, that's another big lesson. You know, say yes. You know, always make, make, yeah, make it happen. Whatever the opportunity is, take if it's the something risk. like that. Certain things you can't say no to. Yeah, you don't ever say no to opportunities like that. So, that's crazy. And um, I'm assuming those just open the door even more for other oh, things. Oh, of course. I like, mean, that's when, you know, then I started getting invited to the triennials and the biennials, like all these things. And uh, gallery shows started to happen. Galleries just started to look at my work. Um, uh, so, yeah, it was it was neat. I think people, because the the amount of work that I was cranking out, right, it was able to move faster, too, like out of the studio and... There would be times when I didn't have anything in the studio. I was like, oh my God, where's all the work? Man. Like, yeah. And so then I had to restock it, you know, just keep working. And, you know, I, I had to figure out all that stuff. And then I think it came to a point where just production became a thing. Time management became a thing. Yeah. Uh, and it became a machine at this point. I mean, they're good problems to have, but they were still issues you had to It was through. issues that I didn't, was not prepared for. Yeah. Like, and I had to learn, like, on my own, like how to how to handle everything, and and I remember you know going to art shows, and I remember my kids like, where are you going now, Dad? I'm like, I'm going to work. 
Yeah. And it was like at that point, you know, taking it seriously as a career. Absolutely. And yeah, it's I not think, just a it's work now. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally work. I mean it's I mean we employ we've employed so many people, you know, and so now now it's a machine. For like, sure. I, Olivia always says that she goes Cruz Ortiz is now a brand. Like I can't even hear both of that. One hundred percent. I can't even afford my own work at this point. Like it's just nuts. So um, it's been really awesome. So in addition to that, for the past, you know, it's hard to find the chronological order of all this stuff. But for the past eleven years, you, your work has been seen in the political arena. You're yeah. very kind of socio-political and doing a lot of that stuff. Um, in two thousand eight, was that your first foray when you did the Obama fundraiser and you did those shirts? Yeah, that was when um, I think. Um, I had already been doing some political work, you know, I, in the art world you're able to meet lots of interesting people and politicians are in there as well. And so I had um, already been doing some political work on, on that level, but I think Obama for me really, you know, it was nice to see the grassroots part of that. Yeah, man, And we had been coming off of, you know, Bush and the dumbing down of America with NCLB and just all these things that were happening and I think his campaign really lit fire uh, under me and then that's when we started you know organizing with artists like I literally remember having a bunch of them over at the house and we screen printed posters each of those posters sold we made cash yeah. for the campaign and then that's when I started doing the that's when the bring your own tea started where yep. I started going into bars and just playing you know, different campaign rallies and setting up my little press. Do your little portable press and just bring your own t-shirt, five bucks, all the money went to the camp. And throughout that that campaign, you know, and then when he got in, it was super exciting. And then I got this little letter. They sent you a little personalized yeah, letter. Like, yeah, like from Obama, like, hey, thanks for raising five grand. Like, what? That's this is crazy, cool. Dude. Like, it was cool. Like, so I, I did not expect that. So at the beginning, you were just doing it just because you believed in the campaign. It, yeah. was, it wasn't that they were hiring you or anything Oh, no, like no, no, not at all. This is grassroots stuff. This is grassroots stuff. That's I cool. It was, you know, I didn't make a dime off that, which at the time I was like, damn, this is not good. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's work. Yeah, but, um, for sure. But it was, it was, you know, what really was the, the, the product of that was social engagement of of politics and right. I think for me and it was the beginning it, of all that with, well, it resonated, social media and all that stuff yeah it resonated so much because again like I was following lots of other artists who were politically involved like Joseph Boys and also Walla Posada and you know um, a lot of Donald Judd like so many other artists have have always engaged in that stuff and so for me that was my payoff you know yeah. and so then you know I started doing more campaigns, you know, yeah. I was like, well, let's do local stuff. And so then I did Patty Radel when she ran for Sweet. city council. Uh, and the way we did that was we just made a, I made a print and I gave her 20 and I was like, here, sell these for 50 bucks each. And so, or give them to your campaign workers. Yeah. And so, and then once that happened, I started doing more, you know, just local people. I did Diego Bernal. Uh, huh. I remember doing the bring your own t-shirt for his campaign. And, that was funny because I didn't have, usually I make the stencils out of like emulsions, right? And I didn't have anything. And I remember getting my water bill from my truck and cutting it out. Right. And that was the stencil for Diego Brown. And That's so awesome. He raised some cash, you know, for his campaign. And so it was just this thing that just, again, snowballed into this whole uh, cool way of getting people involved in campaigns. So. Well, then it got kind of national into 2016, Hillary Clinton's campaign <laughs> tapped you. They wanted you to do some campaign outreach, creating a flag with the word Venus on it, yeah. uh, which is super cool. And then she obviously was. the Beto for Texas or yeah. Tejas print that you did, that that one kind of really did go viral because I mean, that was, oh, that all of my friends in Austin were posting it. <laughs> all of my friends in San Antonio were yeah, posting yeah. it. I mean, that one was huge. Did you just, did they hire you to do that or did you just make that because you were supporting the campaign? Well, uh, Let's go back to the Hillary thing. Yeah, dude. So Hillary, um, Hillary was huge for me because like we had been working on her campaign already. I had, you know, been working on some stuff, and then when the sh they called me up, the campaign people, they said that they were doing coalitions, and so they wanted um, kind of like what Obama did. He did the coalition idea, where getting different groups together to organize within their community for Sweet. the candidate. They asked me to, to represent the Latino coalition for the Hillary campaign. I was like, 
what? And, like, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we also have Maya Lin and some other like amazing. Like, so I'm collaborating <laughs> with these people. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, all right, cool. And so they're like, anything you want. I'm like, anything? I'm like, and I knew at the time social media was just like fucking peaking off yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted something digital. And so we did the Ghana's flag, digital, a digital campaign where uh, it got to get shared, you know, all over the world. That's crazy, know. man. And it was really cool to work on that level and to, for, to be recognized on that level was even more, you know, profound and, and very humbling. So, and of course, with the Beto thing, it was essentially just like we did the first ones, yeah. you know, where I liked him. I yeah. thought he was cool. And yeah. I think everything he was saying was around right point. It was a, it was a huge 180 of what we've been seeing in Texas from all these other candidates. Oh yeah, and you really lit a fire under. Yeah, and I think people. there was a, a lot of things in this campaign that resonated with me personally. You know, being from the punk rock community, like the DIY, getting on the road. Uh, you know, I think those things made so much sense. And so we made that print and, you know, it was a hit. We yeah. started going to some, you know, here and there in, you know, San Antonio and then we Offered it up on Snakehawk Press on the website, and then, like, no joke, like, slowly but surely, we were shipping that thing all over the world. I believe it, man. And then I we were started doing it. the t-shirts, and oh my god. <laughs> and of course, you know, we gave so much to that campaign, like, we literally, you know, we just hand them envelopes of cash for... That's crazy, man. And it was great. Like, I think, you know, it was well worth it. I think that campaign did so much. Um, uh, and then yet we started going on the road with him. Like we, really, we would know. show up in Houston, in Dallas, and I remember rolling in with our mobile paleta. So you were, do, you were doing. Oh yeah, yeah. The live screen printing. That's dope. Uh, in vivo. And oh, we, but people love that. It was cool. Like I remember going into Dallas, and people would go, "Snake cock press." Yeah, yeah. Snake. Yeah. Like what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like wow, this is pretty cool. And, and in Houston, we did that in Houston. We did it in West Texas. Uh, That's dope. In the South as well, and then. It was really awesome, and of course, you know, Beto is just an amazing person, and he'd always give a shout out. We'd always be in the back while everyone's listening to the campaign thing. Right. I honestly, to to think about it now, I don't think I ever heard a whole campaign speech. Right. Because we're busting our asses in the back with t-shirts and posters, and it was super, super amazing. That's crazy. Uh, and but so you did that, and then now, more recently, I mean, right now, kind of, you're working on Julian Castro's. 2020 yeah. campaign. Uh, yeah, there's some on. of the work coming coming out for that, which looks super dope. Yeah, so now, like, I think now that's that was our our one of our big clients with Burton Up All was Julian um, Castro. Now we're we're all grown up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where we're not just doing it in the back, uh, but for his campaign, they came to us and like you know we wanted to see if this was possible. I'm like, oh my god, are you kidding me? Yes, this, it's possible. It's huge <laughs> honor. And, and so it was really funny. Like, I think, um, I, you know, everything he says resonates so much again with me and Olivia and how we see, you know, things. But for the most part, you know, the Burton Nepal uh, approach to this was really, you know, again, going back to the essence of how we did everything was good design for good people. Yeah. And so thoughtful design you know, with influenced by contemporary art. So our whole approach to that campaign has been, you know, we, we have this whole marketing plan for him. Like it's just been, you know, sitting and figuring it out how we're going to do stuff. And it's been so exciting because he's the underdog. Like, yeah, and that's exactly. And that's when it's fun. I love, yeah. like I, I'm again, punk rock, you know, mentality of, you know, oh yeah, really? Oh, yeah. we got this. Like, yeah. and I think it's so energizing to see that where, we, we've been working with him side by side, you know, sending stuff off, you know, all over the country. It's just been huge, you know, even the digital marketing stuff, we've been, you know, helping along with that and, you know, helping with the local office, you know, going, scouting out stuff in Phoenix and yeah. LA and That's just dope. figuring out how we're going to, you know, handle <laughs> those markets over there. So it's been really, really fun. I think we've learned so much and it's kind of funny because We've learned so much with all the political work that we've done that I'm gonna say, yeah. it's become kind of a, a thing now. Like, yeah. you know, I, I didn't never thought that, you know, 10, 15 years ago. It's kind that, of a niche market. You didn't know you were gonna yeah. go into that, but you have, and now you probably have all these people reaching out to you. Yeah. And it's like, golly. Yeah, and it's, it, it's, it's been really, you know, again, humbling to be able to be in that kind of like world. And 
to see that art really can make a difference and design can really fulfill that you know distribution of that it's yeah. like super amazing to be involved in that so yeah in the past 10 15 years as we've talked about your career has really just kind of taken off you're a household name absolutely here in san antonio and throughout texas and the art community and more like you know nationwide now um what personally have been aside from the things that we've talked about have been some of maybe your favorite or most significant moments galleries exhibits pieces you've done throughout the years i know you've done the hello darling map at the at&t center you're a huge spurs fan the 60-foot sculpture uh the dream song tower is yeah. a really cool thing that before I even knew I was going to do this interview, we used to go when we were building our shops to that Lowe's. That's right over there. Yeah, yeah. And my buddy Victor would be like, oh, yeah, that's the new Cruz Ortiz thing. <laughs> and uh, so that was you know, just really cool back yeah. then. Uh, so, yeah, what's, what, what are just some projects you've worked on or maybe some major brands that you, you mentioned Absolute early on? Some stuff like that that you just love doing. I think, you know, it, it's you uh, are freaking me out the way you say all those things so fast. Uh, I, yeah, it's been a lot of work. But I want to say this. Um, I think one of the things I really enjoyed out of all those things is uh, finding a partner that really uh, gets it. Like Olivia has been it's tremendous. Huge. Like, yeah. I think, you know, I tell this to everyone, like, and everyone who's close to me knows that. Like, as soon as she came on to the to my world, like, it just literally took off. I think it's awesome. She grounded me. She's my lightning bolt, my ground at the same time. So it, we're able to like work together so fluidly. Uh, and because of that, you know, with, with her being involved, I think uh, I understand, you know, even more so the idea of teamwork. And so that's when, you know, we started hiring more people. Like, and as we, even with Snake Art Press, and even, so there's two businesses, there's Snake, you know, there's Bernopal, and then there's Cruiser TSR. Right. Um, and so within those two entities, we have, you know, employees that really make, make the difference. And we've had some amazing relationships with other partners. Uh, nonprofits and just other folks and those those are the things I think about when you list all those things out all the people that all the people that have helped yeah. you know Cruz so it's all under the umbrella of Cruz Ortiz your name and I think that yeah. for me has been the biggest awesome thing like that's awesome yeah. uh, that 70 foot sculpture uh, that's crazy I probably touched it twice right <laughs> right uh, but it was a whole team in Houston um, uh, the guys at flying carpet and uh, and they were amazing. Like they had, they had done you know public art on a massive scale. So I found them through the city, and and we really you know were able to like produce you know solid, substantial sculpture. Like I could have never done that. Uh, even Burton Paul, we have so many amazing you know people working here, uh, and that help everything you know flute go through. So yeah, I, you know I I'm excited. A lot of the clients that we've had have been super tremendous i mean everything from um you know absolute vodka even crazy papa john's which they're doing so much better i'm so glad uh and to uh you know local people like planned parenthood national That's you sweet. know is a huge uh client of ours um I mean, I, yeah, I can listen on the website. There's a bunch more, but yeah, yeah. Just all over the place. yeah, yeah like you so know, many. the Pearl has always yeah. been you know one of those uh, big clients in the beginning of you know how to to make you know things happen uh, design wise, and then of course you know the the look the new stuff that's coming out is really exciting. Like I want to tell the world, but can't tell, you can't tell us about it yet. I think I can. Uh, I'll just say, you know, there's going to be a beer label that's going to look pretty cool. A beer label? Yeah, and everyone drinks it in Texas. Oh, I already know it. Then. It's... Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really excited about that one. Oh, that, yeah. that's do we have a timeline a... on that, when that might happen? Uh, I don't, but I do know that we're halfway there. It's happening. It's happening, y'all. So, get, get ready. Get ready to float down that river. So... Um, so what do you think about the current state of the art scene here in San Antonio and the community and everything? I mean, you could live really anywhere in the United States you want to live at this point, um, but you choose to stay here in San Antonio. So, yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I, I think about that even today. I think, um, you know, so many curators from around the world have come to the studio and they're like, Cruz, why are you here? Right. You should be in New York City right. or in Berlin right. or in Dubai or just why, why are you stuck here? And I could never leave this place in that Way. like I think San Antonio is an epicenter like of just cultural shock like it, it's because of this place you know that so much has come out of here that people don't realize yeah and I think it's a bubble in a sense and I'm 
cool with that, but then at the same time, I'm not. Um, I Manny and my friend would always tell me, dude, stop taking people to MK Davis. Right. You're going to ruin it. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm like, but dude, I, people need to know that this exists. <laughs> but you're going to ruin it. I'm right. like, I know. I know <laughs> I what get you're it. saying. Yeah. But there's beauty in this. Like, I think that people need to respect and like leave it alone. Yes. Uh, so those things, you know, Santoy's always been that. Now, I've totally like, we, me and Olivia always think about like moving to Mexico City or moving to El Paso. Uh, Cause you know, I think, but this would always be home. Of course. You would always this, have a place here oh, totally. probably. This would always be. That's cool. Know. When you're not working, which is probably very seldom, um, <laughs> do you have any local haunts? You know, somebody was going around town, they might see you at or any places that you like to visit, bars, restaurants, anything like that? Well, um, me and Olivia have a really cool cantina crawl list. Sweet. Um, that's super, super amazing. Um, you don't, don't have to know, give them away. I don't, I don't know if I can give yeah. those away, yeah. but I can That's tell cool. you they're definitely on the south and west side. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> of San Antonio. But I think, um, yeah, there's, I mean, we, we're everywhere. I can tell you this. Uh, my truck, when I get in my truck, it literally drives to Liberty Bar. There you go. Like it literally, like it just hands yeah, we're, off. We're close yeah. to there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, the foods there is always amazing. It's just an amazing environment. And, see artists and politicians there all the time and so that's those are my people that's cool um so yeah i'm always at liberty bar and um always eating at local taco joints all over the south side so lala's has been one of the things that it's been a huge uh, part of the burnt nopal diet here at the office so Mm -hmm. we're always down the street there and of course carnitas longha oh man i was about to say we are close to that here that place is like we're in a little like yeah you this know, is a great spot to it's, be in It's now. an interesting river. Cool. Yeah, the Riverside neighborhood is becoming a, a thing, so it's really cute. Um, and of course, the missions. I'm a huge mission nerd, so like I'm always, it's always fun. you know, I'm always there drawing and painting. So really? it's, it's part, kind of my studio. That's dope. Um, which that's actually another project that's coming up. I just got a residency with the National Park Service where I'm going to be at San Jose. That's crazy, man. Yeah, next year. So that's like my thing. So yeah, that's really exciting. Cool. Last couple of questions. If someone's listening to the podcast right now, we have a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs, aspiring artists, things like that, um, and they want to maybe go get their BA and you know, fine arts, or if they want to become an artist in some way. You have a piece of advice that you give them that maybe maybe you wish somebody would have given you, or I do. Like you that. know, I, I taught high school, so I got to do a lot of that, and I can tell you right now, if you're an art student right now, uh, and you're at the high school level or even in college, me personally, stay away from art schools. I think they, they're cool, they're great, you know, but I think, um, they're, one, they're too expensive. I think uh, you get so much more from a community college. Huh. Um, and now if you're graduating, it's free because of Dr. Mike Flores. Really? Who, um, you know, the new chancellor is really, uh, not just him, but it's been like the city and a lot of other entities involved. But, um, you know, there's something about making something with what you got. And it's a very punk rock, rasquacha, which is a very um, Chicano art term or life term of just making do with what you have. And I think I told, you know, I would tell all my students that I was like, you know, at SAC, I never wanted to leave. I was nurtured in a proper manner. I, you know, was taught the basics. And what really helped me is going to, you know, San, San Antonio College and also UTSA was that. I got to take economics, I got to take political science, I got to take yeah. speech, I got to take all these other things that I see so much in my life today, right? Um, that if I didn't have that background or that uh, that foundation, that I don't think I would be here. Like, I honestly don't. I think I got to meet lots of professors from different, you know, academic backgrounds. And so I was, you know, involved in student organizations like Metra. So, you know, those things, I think, I tell people all the time, like, you know, just, if you want to go out of town, I always tell them, go to SAC, go yeah. to UTSA, but in the summer, study abroad, there's great programs available to you that, you know, can make that happen, and exposure, and, you know, travel are the best educator uh, for any student and artist, I think, is so important. And maybe it's not in San Antonio, maybe it's the Valley, like, take a risk, yeah. you know, go to UTEP, uh, see what it's like to work on the border like that those kind of environments are creative huge incubators of just creativity like 
I think that's so important to be in those things. And those communities need artists. It's awesome. Um, and I think those are the things I think I find more interest in. I think if you look at a lot of great artists, they were never in one spot. They moved around a lot. That's, like, that's very true. And I think it's so important. They understood their their trauma. You know, they understood their healing. They understood all that stuff. And I think, you know, those are the things that, you know, getting in touch with what those things mean to you are so important. Therapy is great. I do therapy every cool. month. Uh, I think that's always a huge helpful thing that I think a lot of people don't know, but I am a huge advocator for, you know, personal therapy. I think basic care of your health, uh, eat right, eat your veggies, kids, yeah, kind of thing is always a good practice. And just, you know, personal time is important. Olivia's always telling me, she goes, uh, going to the studio is not personal time. You know, I need you to do something else. I'm so, yeah, that's, true. that's been a huge thing for me is like really understanding, you know, the, the line of what, you know, for artists, you know, it's, it becomes, you know, the, the lines become blurred because of that. Because you think, oh, well, I'm painting. I'm like, well, yeah, no, you need that's to, different that's still, for an artist. It's like, still your job. It's still, you need to separate. It's your, it's your thing, uh, and you're able to turn on the switch, but you be, you got to also be able to take time for yourself. And I think, you know, of course, reading, going to the library, Trinity Library is great. It's great, UTSA man. UTSA library so still feel better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, UTS, uh, the downtown library, the Latino collection is amazing. So definitely do your research. I, you know, I was always reading. In fact, when I taught high school, I think I handed out more articles than actually drawing assignments. Right. Because I needed them to learn, to, to read. It's important. Yeah. It's so important to read and, and to get some writing done. You know, the importance of writing is so important. I have a sketchbook everywhere I go. I'm taking mine out from my back pocket. It's awesome. It's a little four by six that I make. Huh. I write in this all the time. I'm, you know, looking at that's cool. I'm always, you know, sketching out ideas, writing journals. I there's also a big thing I've been telling people. So the importance of journaling is so crucial in these times to document your life now. Um, yeah. Make so much work that you have to store it. There you go. And store it. There's nothing wrong with just wrapping it up. Don't look at it. And just make more work. Keep working. So. Last question. So, what, what's on the horizon? I know you talked about the, the the beer label thing that might be happening, and the the, the national park thing, that rural residency thing. Um, I know you're going to have some art featured at Ruby City when it opens on October 13th. Oh yeah, so that's that, going to that, be exciting. That's going to be exciting. That's right across the street from our, our South Flores location, yeah. and so we're super super pumped about that. Um, but yeah, anything else you wanted to plug or talk about before we sign off? Well, I'm. Uh Honestly, I'm just doing so much. Like I can't even list it in my brain, but I can tell you this. I think um, I'm really been excited about doing, getting back to doing more woodcuts. I'm always oil painting. I think the more I paint in the older, or not older, but just more understanding of what's going on in the world, um, painting has become so much more important. Just the, the idea of application of paint onto surface. Those formal things make so much more sense on a large conceptual presence in my life. And the woodcuts, I just recently, that's another cool project. We're about to do a dedication at the Arizona State University where I just installed a huge woodcut wheat paste mural. Dope. Uh, that's exciting, that's gonna be super amazing. Um, so yeah, I've got a couple of the stuff in the horizon, you know, just the gallery art world. There's lots of art fair type of things that we're doing. There's always something in the pipeline. There's always something done, yeah. And for the most part, I just, you know, try to check my calendar every day. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm on track of stuff, and so, yeah, it's just a matter of just making more work. So, if people want to contact you, they can find your contact information on your website. Right. Um, and is the gallery open to the public here? You know, it's by appointment. Okay. Yeah, it's by appointment. You call or contact uh, the website, and then you can schedule something off with Miss Mariah. She's the one, the studio director that handles everything uh, for that that world uh, okay. for Burt Nopal uh, there's also a website burtnopal.com uh, for lots of design work and other crazy creative you know stuff um, they're they're amazing they're they're about to do lots of different things as well with the Texas Tribune uh, festival and some other big projects that are coming down the line so That's we're awesome. really excited about that as well so yeah you can contact them through the website as well very cool. Well, it was a huge honor to be able to come out here and talk to you. Well, like thank I said, you I know so much. You're incredibly busy. So, no, no, no. thank you great. so much for having me out and having a chat, man. Yay, rock and roll.
Thanks for listening to Building Something Out of Nothing. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, you can email me at ed, that's ed6238, at gmail.com. As always, you can visit either one of our locations seven days a week. Our roastery and first location is over at Warehouse 5 at 1333 Buena Vista Street. If you'd like to serve Shotgun House coffee roasters in your restaurant, cafe, or office, shoot us a quick email at orders at shotgunhouseroasters.com or contact me anytime at 254-913-9031. Our intro music is provided by the Delicate Boys from Austin, Texas. You can find this song and their entire album on Spotify. Thanks.